Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for an opportunity to worship you in giving. And now as we look into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soul of our hearts and that you will be glorified therein. We thank you and we honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are now to our final episode of this series that has been entitled Buzzwords. And we have gone through and talked about various aspects of words that are used in the church and to make sure that we have a good understanding of the words that are being used. I want to uh, start this off by saying when we are saved, God gives us knowledge and power to begin to walk in today's word, which is sanctification. We have as a, a people taken that word and maneuvered it into so many different aspects of, uh, of life. I remember growing up, the word sanctification was actually a denomination uh, and not a process. People would say that's the sanctified church. Uh, See, that's people like, oh, yeah, uh-huh. See, they would say things like that, but they were actually not really flowing in the meaning. So let's talk about that today. So our title today is going to be Sanctification's Transforming Path. Sanctification's Transforming Path. Now, as we have done this journey, we see that uh, we started off with episode number one, and episode number one, we talked about Trinity Revealed. Then we jumped on to episode number two, which was Gospel's Good News. Then episode number three, we talked about the Atonement's Awesome Act, and in that one, we also threw in that word, propitiation. Uh, also, to get a good understanding of what's going on. Last week, we talked about justification's joyful adoption and talked about how when God justifies us, he takes us in as one of his own. And so this week, we're going to talk about sanctification's transforming path. And we're going to be in again, the book of Romans. But before we jump into the book of Romans, let's talk about some definitions. The first definition is buzzword. And buzzword is noted as a Harvard student slang for the keywords in a lecture or reading. Now, forgive me this time. I forgot to make sure that we uploaded this definition, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Sanctification is the act of making holy. And in an evangelical sense, the act of God's grace by which the affections of men are purified or alienated from sin and the world and exalted to a supreme love to God. The act of being, making holy and in an evangelical sense, the act of God's grace by which the affections of men are purified or alienated from sin and the world and exalted to a supreme love to God. Let's jump into some scripture. Romans, the sixth chapter, starting at the first verse. 
And then we're going to jump over to Romans, the 12th chapter. So Romans, the 6th chapter, verse number 1, English Standard Version, goes like this. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Verse 4 says, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. 5 says, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Six says, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Seven says, for no one who has died has been set free from sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Verse eight says, now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also, we will also live with him. Nine says, we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. 10 says, for the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. 11, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. 12 says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passion. 13, do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought forth from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. Uh, 14, for sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. Let's jump over here to a, a familiar set of scriptures in Romans, the 12th chapter, starting at verse 1. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Verse 3 says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will just rest upon the soul of our hearts and that it will gain great root in Jesus' name. So as we are talking about sanctification and talking about how sanctification has this transforming path, there are some aspects that I think uh, would help us to understand this a little better. So we, if we get in our mind that sanctification is a process, 
whereby we grow in our faith. And as we're growing in our faith and as we're growing in holiness, as we're growing in becoming more and more like Jesus and less and less like our former selves before we knew Christ. So what we are saying is that there should be a process that we're going through that causes us to lean more on the word of God and how God says to do things than on how we did things before we had an understanding of the word. You'll catch that next week when you think about it. Because sometimes we say this is how I am and this is how I am going to be. I was like this when I was born and I'll be like this when I'm dead. Well, this is not the sanctification process. The sanctification process is transforming you from how you began to allow you to have a different ending than what was expected from your beginning. And so as we go along this journey, as we're walking down this path, as we're moving down this road, uh, there are some things that should be happening. Some, as we look back over last year, as we look back over the last decade, if we look back over the last century, or for some of us that are over 100 years old, we can look at the fact that this, the, what the, even though uh, we are still there, there are some things about us that should be different. There should be a change. There should be an elevation in how we conduct ourselves according to the word of God. And so as we look at this journey, again, this process, a lot of people want uh, sanctification to be instantaneous, but it is not an instantaneous thing. It is a process because you <laughs> have to make the decision to take off the things of how you used to do and put on the things that are Christ-like. Yes. You have to make that decision. Yes. You have to get into that process. You have to begin to make those changes. And as you're going along the journey, the Spirit of God comes in, the Holy Ghost comes in, He assists you and enforces the changes that you have decided to make. Yes. A lot of us will sit there and say, Jesus, stop me from doing this. And He said, No, you got to stop yourself. What that, you know that little girl I like talking about? Worry about yourself. That's what we got to do. We have to be concerned with how we are conducting ourselves. And we need to have a heart that wants to be more pleasing to God than we are to ourselves. I'll say that again. We have to have a desire to be more pleasing to God than we are pleasing to ourselves. What's that? Yes. I said, if you want to get this right, you have to be more pleasing to God than pleasing to yourself. That's why Paul said, don't think too much highly of yourself, because there is a process that you have to go through. There's a a cleansing that you have to go through. There's some steps that you have to go through that God is rearranging you that he's making you, that he's conforming you, molding you into the image of his son. 
So that's how we get to Romans chapter 6, where Paul has to help people to understand that if, if we are saved by faith alone, there's nothing that you can do to be saved. So we are saved by faith alone. Why do we need to change? So Paul says, so are you saying if we have sinned, are we supposed to continue in sin because we know that grace will cover the sin? No, there should be a change in us. There should be a, a transformation happening in us because we are realizing that there are a, a, there is some things in us that do not glorify God. And because of that very nature of that, we need to reorient ourselves through the process of this change. When we look at it this way, that we just can't rest on the laurels of grace being in our lives, but there are some mindsets that we need to change. There are some actions and some attitudes that we need to change. It causes a little bit of complication because we don't want to willingly change. We want to be forcefully changed. Oh, y'all ain't like that one? Well, let, 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 me, let, me, let me just go ahead and open that box just a little bit further. Because... When we make the change ourselves, then if it don't work the way we want it to, we can't blame nobody but ourselves. But when we're forced to do something, then we are able to deflect the responsibility on to someone else. Y'all catch that next week? Because that's what, that's what we do. You, you remember when you, well, you might not remember. When I was growing up and I would get corrected, I would say, well, if she wouldn't have whooped me, if he wouldn't have whooped me, then I wouldn't be mad right now. It's all their fault. Well, we ain't talk about it. We ain't focus on the fact of what you did to get the correction. We're talking about the correction itself, and because it, didn't, it was painful to me, I blamed the person that was dealing out the correction instead of looking at what needed to be corrected. Right. So I'm not going to change because they caused me pain. Mm. Mm. Jesus. And that's why some of us got whoopings every day. I ain't talking about nobody. I'm just saying some of us did. And then some of us did not because we were ready to make those changes. <laughs> that wasn't my boat, so I, I can't get it. All right, anyway. So he is saying what we, we have to make these adjustments. We have to check the first thing, the, the reason... Uh, uh, Hebrews, uh, Hebrews, Romans, the 12th chapter comes to, came to my mind as we was getting this together was the fact that he says that we have to do some work. We just don't sit back. We just don't lounge around. We just don't. There's some effort that we have to because we have to not conform to how the world says to do things. We have to be renewed into the new life because it's not a life that we live before. It's different. It, 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 it kind of goes against the trend. It, it, it does not go in the direction that everybody else goes. Mm -hmm. 
but it definitely wants us to be all that God has called for us to be. So we look at this sixth chapter and we look at Paul saying, are we just going do we think that grace is just going to let us sin because we know we got grace? I love the way the King James says, God forbid. If I was to say it in today's vernacular, it'd be that's cap, which means that's a lie. No, it does not work that way. Paul then takes those next 13 verses and says, this is the reason why that cannot happen. Because if we are now changing how we are linked in to God, how we're linked into Christ, there are some changes that have to happen inevitably because we are now connected to a different outlet. We have died to sin. We have been baptized into this new life and our old self has been put away as it has remained and we and because we know that Christ has been raised from the dead, we know that this same thing shall happen to us if we do it like Jesus, we're going to get it like Jesus. So as we do it like Jesus, we're going to get it like Jesus. So with that in mind, we move in a direction and in the same manner that Jesus moved. Jesus didn't think highly of himself. He came only here to do the will of his father. He subjected himself to God's will for him on the earth. And it also requires us to have this knowledge of the transformation, transformation, transformative power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That old things are washed away. Behold, all things have become new because we have now began this process of conforming to the image of Christ. And so as we inform ourselves, as we renew our minds, this knowledge of what the renewal looks like is then reinforced when Holy Ghost comes in and guides us and leads us and propels us and uh, prompts us and pushes us and tells us that's the right way to go. But because of volition, we get to make the final choice. Do I really want to do this or do I want to stay the way I am? I've been this way for some odd years and I don't think there's going to be a change. But if you keep on living, things around you can change. If you keep on living, things will change. And you can make the decision to stay the way you are, but that does not have to be the thing that you have to do. Because as we're going through this sanctification process, because we have uh, 
are now battling the power of sin in our lives, we can then begin to see how God is giving us victory and victory and victory over the old things. So then the old things no longer have the power that they used to have. They then become things that I used to do. I don't do them no more because I have made that decision based upon the word of God and through the power of Holy Ghost operating in me, I have the victory over it. That is how sanctification works in our lives. What some of us will run into, though, is the fact that we can stand up and down and jump up and down and cartwheel and do all these things and say, I'm not going to do this no more, and then the next day we still end up doing it. But what it is, is we have to remember, as I said before, this is not instantaneous. This is a process. And if you lose some ground today, that does not mean you need to uh, lose ground tomorrow. You can have to change your tactic. You have to change how you do things so that you can get the victory that God has for you. It's an ongoing process. If you, if you were to plant a garden, let's just say, and every day you walked outside and you took a yardstick with you and you set it next to that plant and it would just be like, this thing ain't nothing happening. If you did it every day. But if you maybe did it every week or two and you went and checked the plant, you say, oh, okay. All right, it's grown. All right. I have the express benefit of being a witness to this, that the people that live in my house that have the green hands, their thumbs is it's way past their thumbs. Their whole hands is green. We have, we have plants all over the place. And I just look at the plants and I say, oh, it looks like it might be growing. And they'll tell me it's got three extra limbs. And, and because they have been watching the process and they understand the process of the growth, they have to do this other thing where uh, uh, the, the plants get, get uh, too, too big for the pot they're in and they got to take it out that pot and, and, and then they divide it up and then they put it in and then they have more, more plants in the house. What Lord have mercy. But the thing is that it's not that they're sitting there watching it. They're just going through the processes and as the process, there's an expectation of growth and as it happens, it, you know, it's so funny. They water the plants every day and then one, and then one day you hear, oh, this is now getting this. And I'm just like, if you're doing it every day, you should have already seen that happening. But it becomes this process where it happens, and as it gets bigger and manifests itself more, it's more easily to be seen. And the same thing, we might, you might only be able to make little changes in getting the victory over your past self, but the fact is, you keep accumulating those little victories, and next thing you know, it's a whole battle that has been won. So as we look at the fact that over time, over time, you know, that, that's one thing I figured out. I figured out that the older that you get, the more of the facade falls down. 
You go to a, 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 a nursing home, and them folks don't be playing. They just tell you how they feel and how it is. Because they be like, I ain't got time to be trying to make you feel good. If you ask me how I feel, I'm going to tell you. And sometimes in our lives, we, we think about how I need to pre uh, present myself to others. But over time, you realize it doesn't really matter. Why can't I just be myself? And this is the same thing. The world wants to keep you in this container. They want you to be this specific way. But God has a way that he wants you to live your life so that you can reflect his glory to everyone that you encounter. So what we want to do is we want to put off the facade type of things and live free in who we are in Christ Jesus. And walk in that. And walk in the power of that. And be all that it is to be in that. I found an illustration that I want to read to y'all today that I, I think is the perfect illustration of what sanctification is all about. <clears throat> and it says, there have been roses since we have been on this planet, but the wild roses in Europe, while all different colors and quite beautiful, would only bloom once a year. And so for most of the warm months, you would be looking at a bunch of ugly green canes with thorns and no flowers. But then some botanists in the late 18th century began experimenting by grafting the Chinese wild rose, which was only green but bloomed all summer, with the European rose. And after a bunch of testing, created, <coughs> created what we now know to be the modern rose, which blooms from June through October, but not only in green, but in a myriad of colors. Isn't it interesting? So roses as we know them are really a modern invention. And because of the grafting of the wild Chinese rose with the roses of Europe, we have this stronger, much more beautiful flower than we ever had before. And that is what Paul is getting at. But instead of it being one wild rose and another, we are grafted into Christ, God incarnate. And our lives should therefore take on different quality altogether. Where we once lived for ourselves, we now live for God's glory. And so as we look at how sanctification works, it is a daily process where we are getting more and more and more or overcoming more and more and more the strength or the power that sin had over us and walking more and more and more in the liberty that we have in Christ Jesus. So it's not a snap your fingers in an instantaneous situation. It is this process, this growing, this growth, this thing where we are now bringing in or allowing in the Holy Spirit to come through us and to help us, assist us in changing how we see things, how we interact with things so that God will be glorified. So that Jesus is uh, exampled all throughout the earth. There is a little thing that we we uh, use to describe this process of salvation. The first portion or the first part of salvation is that when we are saved, we are saved from the penalty of sin. Then the next process is that we are saved from the power of sin. 
And thirdly, is we are saved from the presence of sin. And so the first phase we call salvation. The second phase we call sanctification. And the third phase is what we call glorification. And we have all heard of these words, not so much, but this is the process, the entire salvation process from start to finish that we go through. The first thing that God does is he saves us from the penalty because the penalty of sin is death. And once we have been set free from knowing that we are no longer going to be penalized for our transgression because what Jesus has done for us, we can then overcome the power through sanctification, that daily changing of how we conduct ourselves to conform more and more to the image of Christ. Now, there is never a time when you are totally have totally overcome the power per se, but it is always present. And then we get into the final phase, which is when you are pulled from this earth into the kingdom of heaven and sin no longer is even in your presence, which is where everybody would love to be right now. But there's things for you to need to do on this earth, so you're going to have to stay a little while longer. All right. So with that... Being said, the process, the 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 the, uh, the 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 process that we go through is in order for us to conform more to the image of God. So sanctification's transforming path is that it moves us from being like the world to being more like Christ, and takes. And, and removes the things that have been pulling us back and then puts us in a position that we are looking to things ahead. It is removing the things that are trying to pull us down and putting us in a position where we are looking to be elevated from glory to glory. It is moving those things that are trying to cause us to give up and putting us in a position where we are always operating in hope because that is the path of transformation that sanctification stands for. That it is moving us from death to life. It's moving us from uh, the, the world to heaven. And it is a path that we all should endeavor to walk in and on. Now today you may have never heard of the word sanctification or you may have just thought it was uh, a, series, uh, a, a bunch of church buildings, but I want to tell you that first and foremost, before you can even walk in the power of the process of sanctification, that you need to stop at the first phase. The first phase, as I said, is salvation. Salvation removes the penalty of sin from your life. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For those that still have, are operating under the world concept and under sin, they're headed for death. But God has a free gift for you to receive. And in order to receive that gift, 
Simply all you have to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and you will be saved. The Bible then goes on to say, for with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confess and is saved. And then it even goes on to say, for everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You will be removed. The penalty will be dropped from your case. And then you can begin the process of becoming more and more like Jesus. But now I don't want you to think that you have to do this by yourself because this is not an individual event. It's a team sport. And we want to come alongside you and assist you along this journey. If this is the decision that you have made today, we want you to contact us at... If, if through email is info at godshousecc.com. If you want to test us, 864-920-0100. Let us know that you have made this decision. We want to come alongside you, assist you along this journey, and help you to become all that God has called for you to be. Well, friends and family, that's it for this series buzzwords and as we have come to the end of this journey we hope that something was said that has kindled your heart to pursue whatever area that you feel that you are deficient in and that you are walking to the full revelation of that whether it's an understanding of the trinity whether it is the good news of the gospel whether it's uh the, uh, uh, the atonement, whether it's justification, whether it's sanctification, that whatever it is, that you will begin to walk in it more fully so that you can become and conform to all that God has for you to become and form all to. Next week, we'll be starting a brand new series and a brand new month. And so we just want to encourage you to enjoy yourself this week. And until next time. God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.